Good evening, Twelves, and welcome to the Seahawks 360 podcast. I am, and also the Seahawks Talk podcast. I am joined, dual. we are dual simulcast with Joe Stevens from Seahawks Talk. It's great to have you back, Joe. It's been a minute. How you been? Yeah, a lot. Oh, I guess I'm pretty good. I thought I was going to say a lot better than last time we talked, but that was before we played the Rams, I yeah. think. So, yeah. We were excited doing, then. Like the juice Doing good. I'm, I think I'm back to the level of excitement of which I was <laughs> before that <laughs> game. So, how could you not be right? Because um, we had a mini disaster, mini crisis for like a week, and then we we bounced back. I think we bounced back pretty good over the past couple of weeks. Um, Seahawks finally getting forget not finally, but eventually getting a victory against the uh, Panthers after getting another victory against the Lions the previous week. So. We're on a roll, and considering the circumstances with which they've gotten these victories, I'm feeling pretty great. That's how I am, too. I mean, as a fan, I didn't really expect – I didn't expect – I can't say – it would. It wouldn't It wouldn't have surprised me if we lost that game just because um, Handy Dalton, yeah, we're 3-1. and one. Well, now we're 3-2 and two lifetime against him. And uh, – yeah, I just I was I was more nervous when we said when they said that Bryce Young wasn't playing because I think we had a better chance against him. Definitely, for sure, because it seemed like if you get if you can get really good pressure on Bryce Young, that's pretty much all she wrote. They and he's just not able to analyze coverages in the same way. Andy Dalton can completely rip apart the Seahawks like soft zone, like he just knows where to find the ball, and really he still did a pretty good job of doing that. I think if Bryce Young was playing, it, it's not even a contest. Um, well, and here's the other thing too, is like, you, well, like, you know, I go to all the games. That's probably the loudest I've heard the stadium since well before COVID. Mm. And it was awesome. It was, you know what, the first couple false starts, it kind of got the crowd going right away because we haven't been able to generate those at home. And then giving false starts to that crowd, you know, it's like, it's like dangling candy in front of a baby. They just want it more and more and more. So uh, once they realize that, hey, you know, we can finally affect these games again, let's go ahead and do it. So that was that was awesome to see. Which was almost historic. Eight false starts in total um, for the 12s to completely rattle the Carolina Panthers. And really it was, I mean, it was an illegal shift at the end. So it's not technically a false start, but there were nine penalties that the crowd alone allowed, which is which is crazy. I think that's the most since 2011, if I'm not mistaken. I did see that. It's definitely the most since 2005 at in Seattle, mm-hmm. um, and that was against the Giants when we they all started 11 times, and their kicker missed three field goals that game too. So that was a that was a good one. It was good <laughs> to see that the impact can still be there because it's. I mean, it's been a while. Yeah, it's been a while since it was like intense like that, and. You know, you didn't know if that was just fading out. I don't know if it was circumstantial. I know that the um, that it was the anniversary. They were celebrating the anniversary, 10-year anniversary of the Super Bowl. And so they had all the guys there. And, um, they KJ didn't, did like a That's what I was speech. disappointed about. They didn't. On social media, they had uh, Marshawn and Sherman at the party the night before, but Marshawn and Sherman weren't at the game. <laughs> I'm not surprised Sherman wasn't because I figured he'd be elsewhere, just given his, like, Role, even though it's not Thursday night football, like I figured just his role, he'd need to be 
Those he was words. in his house. He was in his house in Bellevue after the game, though, on his mm-hmm. podcast. So um, yeah, so I don't know. He probably obviously was busy. You know, he yeah, he probably there. needs to see all the games. Like I get that. Like he needs to watch all the games so that he can like respond. You know, like talk about all the games right after this. So that I get it. It does suck. Um, and Marshawn was probably still sleeping. So. Absolutely, <laughs> he was one hundred percent asleep. Like that's not even really a question. Um. Uh, KJ Wright, I did see his halftime speech, um, which seemed to also kind of get the crowd going because if it maybe it's just me, but it seemed like the noise cranked up after halftime. Mm-hmm. Um, and so and that's why I don't know if it was circumstantial or just hype over the Super Bowl anniversary or, you know, if we can expect that sometimes moving forward. You know, part of my thing is, too, is there was not a lot of Panthers fans there. And so that's another thing. Um, tickets were a lot cheaper to buy for that game. True. So, um, yeah, I, I'm not expecting against the 49ers this year. They traveled like crazy to us last year. It actually yeah. pissed me off. Like, I've yeah, never been mad. And, like, I just – I sit on the home sideline. So just to look at the visitor sideline and just see a sea of red, I was actually really irritated. <laughs> so, yeah. Anyways. Understandable. Understandable. But yeah, so, it was awesome to have us impact the impact the game for once in like it, what seems like it's been such a long time. Yeah, it's been a while since you, you know you really had that effect. Um, so anyway, that was great, and there's not a ton of analysis in terms of this game to me. In terms, like it's really just a game of survival. Like mm-hmm. with the injuries that the Seahawks, like if you would have told me not only the Seahawks injuries going into the game. But also just that people kept getting hurt throughout the game. That was the right? theme too, because Bradford. So Bradford was out for eight snaps, I think. Mm-hmm. I heard it was eight snaps. Um, um, and then was it the play right after he went out when Burns just smoked either Stone Stone Forsyth or the left guard? Um, I like Stone Forsyth. Stone Forsyth. Yeet. Uh tough game for the guy. I mean, he he held up well enough to not embarrass the team but he got some eat some immediate like pressure like when he when he blows a an assignment he really blows it like it's there's no yeah, delay I, you saw that one sack right that i'm talking about where yeah he just, i couldn't tell you i think it was the third quarter maybe it was the second i can't remember it was middle of the game and he does brian burns just blew right past him and brian burns is not a guy to sleep on he he's no really he's good, good but yeah. It was immediate. Like it was like no tick. Like just why why were you even were you even standing there? Kind of like blow. Exactly. Yeah. I just noticed he went right between the tackle and the guard and just boom right to Gino. And I was like, yeah. okay, here we go. And then, you know, they're able to quiet him down. I, I really I know we haven't talked since before week one. I like Gino's pocket presence this year a lot. And in the first yeah. half of the game, he made some bad throws. He really did. There was a couple. I mean Obviously, there was an interception. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a play right before that where it could have been picked off if Tyler Walkett didn't jump 10 feet in the air yeah. to bat it away to get intercepted. And then there was one play that really stuck out to me. It was when uh, Noah Fant was running an out route, and it would have been an easy first down. You know, just missed him. But in the second half, the offense really cleaned it up, and I like to see that. I think that made some differences with pass protection. I think they tried a little bit too much. I think they put a little bit too much confidence in the tackles. When if you go back and look at the Lions film, which I did, 
Um, it was really Gino sort of navigating the pocket. And, and the thing was, because you had the interior presence doing okay, Gino was able, he's able to navigate edge pressure better than interior pressure, which most quarterbacks are. So he was able to kind of, you know, escape the pocket, throw on the outside and, and be confident that way. But because of the breakdowns on the offensive line, especially in that first half, maybe Lewis went out. Um, then they had, like you said, Bradford's replacement, like, his like the backups backup had to come that, in. That, like, that's when I was like, "Oh crap!" When ben it was Brown like the playing third string and, guard, I was like, "I don't even know who this guy is." Right? I tell you, they don't give us programs anymore, so I have no idea who it was. It, it was just random dudes, like practice squad dudes, and I'm like, "Okay." And so people are saying like, "Gino sucks," and I'm like, "Gino's playing behind a third string guard, man." Like, it's one thing to escape tackle pressure, but when you're trying to escape interior and and edge pressure at the same time like that's just yeah bro the yeah the throws are probably gonna be off like i wouldn't even matter you know i i didn't like the play but given the situation i'm like especially on third downs third downs was a real problem in the first half right exactly Uh, they kept getting filled i mean they were going down the field but when it came to third down um in terms of the red zone especially it was just a no-go and everybody was like you know seahawks twitter is like frustrated and i'm like I mean, I'm looking at third down, and it's an obvious passing down, right? So, because most of the time they were behind the sticks, and I'm like, Stone Forsyth is getting beat off the edge immediately, or Jake Curran is getting beat off. Beat off. I mean, they both gave up six pressures, it's according to PFF, um, <clears throat> alone, like each, like not six together, like six yeah. each. So I'm like, yeah, that probably has a lot to do with it, because that the rushers just know, pin the ears back. And just go for it. And they pretty much won every time. So Yeah. Um, I'll tell you, it seemed like they were playing great in between the 30-yard lines, or at least the 25s on that game. It's like, boy, they were great at midfield in the first half. And then it's like field goal, field goal, field goal, literally five in a row. So um, to see him being able to put it away in the second half was really hopeful. I, I'm happy that all those field goals happened in the first half and not the second half because I feel like this would be a completely different conversation today. So unfortunately, I, I hate that that's the case. Um that and I get the whole like it matters how you finish thing, but like I don't know. I feel like if you I feel like teams make adjustments and really you should give credit whether you had a bad half, good half. Like I mean like whether it was in the beginning or the end, if you had a good half, you had a good half and it should be given credit. But I get it. Um Jason Myers redemption game. Yeah. Hit all sure. five of the field goals. Cause I was kind of hoping my breath was going to be keeping these getting these field goals and like, is he gonna make them? Cause yeah, I wasn't I'd say I was nervous for the first three. And then the second two, I was kind of like, okay, whatever. He's got he's got the, <laughs> he's got his mojo about He's got it today. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just think with all the adversity they're going through, I mean that team's gonna look tremendously different on Monday. Yeah. Should have uh, Phil Haynes back, right? Should have Charles Cross back. Correct. Um, um, expecting him back. Reek, Reek Woolen. Yeah, Jamal um, Adams, Tariq yep. Woolen. And then I don't know if I, I, I'd be surprised if Trey Brown made it through concussion protocol. Because, I mean, he's another guy, like, mid-game, right, that he got – oh, Yeah, like, he went out. That. Yeah, he went in for a tackle and, got like, he concussion. got knocked out or something. I, yep. Yeah. So then they had to bring in Michael Jackson, and I'm like, oh, gosh. If it's anything like the preseason. He did decent. Did looked oh. better than he did in the preseason, that's for sure. I agree. Um, 
I thought Bright Spot was Witherspoon. I mean, yes. I thought I thought he looked great. Um, and there's obviously some rookie things, right? But uh, what did you think on uh, that third down play, that pass interference? Because, like I said, I haven't watched it on TV or anything. I haven't been able to find. I haven't watched the replay. I've heard it was a crap call, so I know that. But okay. I was sort of kind of multitasking around the second half when that happened. So I pretty much missed the play. Um, but everybody says it's crap. And I believe it's crap because, like, I didn't even really like the DPI he got last week against the Lions. I understood it, right, because yeah. I guess of the rap. But given that he got pushed off on, mm-hmm. like, I kind of felt like that was more like OPI. But whatever, like, but this everybody just says it was like a phantom. None and that, that play on third down, you know, we would have – that would have been they would have punted, but instead they drive down the field and that was their touchdown in the second half, I believe. That's a momentum killer. So it it truly was, but you know what? I like to see from him. He was pumping the crowd up the whole time. You can tell he plays with attitude. He's not afraid to get around and tackle a guy. And what I like about him too is he's not focused on the hard hits. Like there was one stretch play where he just basically forced the guy out of bounds and it was a one yard gain instead of trying to go for a big hit or just completely whiffing on a tackle, he only gave up one yard instead of giving up, you know, six. So I really like to see that. Yeah, he's really sticky in coverage, super sticky in coverage, and just really instinctual in a way that I thought would translate really well. Um, He just kind of seems to get it. Even when he's in zone, he just knows how to recover quickly, and I, I really hope that he can stay on the field, get those reps, because the idea of him and Withers, like, they kept throwing it I was surprised how often I kept they saying kept that throwing too. I at go, him like I said that the whole game I kept by the fourth quarter I go I get it he's a rookie but I mean Jackson looked a lot worse than yeah. from the sample sizes right they're, they're right. Small, relatively small but you're just like dude they keep trying him all game and he keeps even if he gives up a catch which he did not give up that many no uh, I think he gave up I would say two for like 13 yards I think he um, made the tackle. He made the tackle right away. Yeah. I mean, he was playing terrific defense. And so I'm he started to see that him. much and only give up. I think it was two completions on 13 targets, if I'm not mistaken. I want to double check that, but it's like 13 targets is insane. Really, it is. Well, and they dropped um, back 58 times. And that's one yeah. thing. Everybody's going, oh, well, 360 passing yards. Okay, well, he dropped back 58 times. Right. It, it's not like he dropped back 32 times. Right, exactly. And about 360 passing yards. Right. This you guy dropped yards, back. But Pardon? Yeah, you hate the yards mostly just because they had a couple other guys get 300 yards. But in context, you'll take that all day. Like if a guy's yeah, got to throw 60 times to get it, so be it. Yeah, and we made him one-dimensional. And I think the Panthers rushed for 98 yards the first game and 100. 30 something the second game if i'm not mistaken so they seem like an average running team i realize that miles sanders is it the Mm -hmm. running back he's not an all pro running back but if you're doing this against average teams and not below average teams if you're completely shutting the run down that makes me happy and it it doesn't really matter because they were getting ran over by joe Smo blow um Last last season so like it really didn't matter who was running the ball Last season, they still got ran over. So for them to still be able to hold up against a decent back, and they've held up well against so far. Um, yes. Really elite, actually, run defense. A lot of that has to do with Bobby. Um, statistics show, 
And I, I thought he would be a big difference maker in that regard. That's why I wasn't super concerned about the big guy in the middle. Like I wasn't, like, I wasn't super worried about that because I felt like they made other um, little scheme changes, but also like personnel changes to help with that. And that's held up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then uh, that just goes to show too. You know, they've figured out that they can pressure the quarterback a little bit too because everybody's not just trying to run it down their throat. Yeah. So um, I think Boye had a nice sack, and I think Reed got there twice. Or yeah, I, yeah, two sacks. On the stat sheet, it was one and a half, but really, yeah. I, yeah. So I I like that. I mean, I'd like to see a little bit more sacks on if you draw back fifty eight times. But um, well, I think they got they got four total. Oh, was it four? Not not Jaron Reed by himself, but like the team. Yeah, the team got four because Jaron Reed had two. Boye Mafe had one. Uh, Jordan Brooks, you know, he got one on the blitz, so it was four. Oh, well, sweet. Yeah, and then they <laughs> had like <laughs> they had like seven quarterback hits, and PFF gives them thirty six pressure. So the pressure was there, like. It was and it was I mean, it was, it was consistent. Um, now I would expect it to be against yeah. that offensive yeah. line. So like, that's not a. I don't feel like it's an indicator of the future. But you need to be able to take advantage of weaker offensive lines. Excuse me. In last season, there were times where they could not do that. So it's improvement, and I'll take it. And we're going against a not a very good one uh, coming up here. True. Uh, I think they're ranked two in a row. Love but, to see it again. Yeah, no, I, I'd absolutely love to see it. I don't know if Saquon's going to be back, but yeah. last, you don't think he's going to be back because they no. said he's day-to-day. With a high ankle sprain two weeks later? No. Okay, well. Or I'm running hoping, back? No. I'm hoping I'm hoping he's not back just as a Seahawks fan, obviously. Um, I, I, I wouldn't just, be worried about that. I'd be really surprised and if he was. Not he's going to be super – like he's going to be – he's not going to be Saquon Barkley. Like, yeah. and then we saw them last year. They played us, and for some reason, they didn't run against us. I don't really know why. Do you remember they, that? They did, uh, but Saquon only got. They tried it. That was just the one game we could play run defense. We held them to like twenty four yards, and I stick to my head for whatever reason. But I was proud of it, I guess. Well, anyway. the, first, the first three drives, he had one rushing attempt. I remember that clearly yeah. on Saquon. So they, if they did it, I don't. They definitely didn't do it early and often. No. I so, think they, tr- I think they tried throughout. Um, just wasn't Oregon. Yeah, they don't. They didn't run it a ton. Like I'm not gonna pretend like they like just continued to try to push the issue. But um, they held them in check. It was respectable. I recall because I remember looking at the attempts and I, if I'm remembering right. I don't think it was anything just super low, um, but I'd have to go back and check. But I, I want to correct the Devin Witherspoon stats. Um, he got – he allowed five. He allowed five catches, but it's still on 13 targets, and he did allow uh, 31 yards. So still a 38 percentage, like, yeah, I'm not, reception. I'm not worried about that. No. I'm really not. And just the, the eye test, without looking at the stats, I thought he looked phenomenal for a rookie. Yeah. For sure. I, I think really he's better than some of the stats will indicate. Um, all right, Steve-O, shout out to you. What's up? Um, thoughts on Thursday's game? Last Thursday's game? Oh, with the 49ers and the uh, – No. No, wait, uh, there was a Rams playing. Wait, no, played, it, was, it was the 49ers and Giants. I didn't watch much of it. <laughs> I 
I did. Well, I'm, I, but I watched so much football since then that it like escaped me. Was there really anything to report other than like, I mean, the 49ers one? <laughs> yeah. Was that one that was back and forth? No, I don't think so. I think that was them and the Rams that were two weeks ago. Yeah, that was. Yeah, so. I'm sorry, man. I don't have I don't have a ton of analysis on that one. I, y'all have looked great. That's all I got. Y'all oh yeah, great. Ch- check out Bryant's uh, comment down there. What's up, Bryant? Yeah, about- you got Bobo. More Bobo. Got so a touchdown today. That drive, they got down to the one yard line, and I look at my friend and I just go. They're throwing it to Bobo here. And I kept saying, I said like three times all day, just kind of being a smart ass. And they actually did. And I was like, all right, sweet. And then, so we're at the stadium. They never actually signaled touchdown or like nobody could really see it clearly. No. So on the screen, it still said second and five. And they're running the next play, which was the two-point conversion, but they were already down on the one-yard line. So everybody in the stadium was actually kind of like, what's going on? Was that a touchdown or not? Because it did say 35 points, but it still said second and five. So we're like, dude, what is going on? That's weird. And then they finally announced it was a two-point conversion. We're like, okay, sweet. Yeah, I guess it's got a touchdown. Great. Uh, how was that, by the way? Like watching that live, yo, Gino pulled some rust like magic out of his pocket, bro. Like I was There was like, one that. play. Where he did a pirouette. Oh, it was yeah. a two-point conversion. conversion. Yeah, like he he went like backwards it, and backwards. I'm like, oh, Gino, don't do it again. Don't do that sack again. And it looked like, like the NFC Championship game against the Packers. It yes. looked exactly when you were sitting there. It looked exactly like the NFC Championship game, except yes. he didn't uh, float the ball as much, right? So we're like looking. We're like, dude, what is he doing? And keep in mind, half the people there still thought it was third down including myself. I did not know if that was a two-point conversion or not. So I'm just sitting there like, what is going on? Is it about to be third and, you know, 15? Right. So, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. I, I I can only imagine watching that live because it was insane watching it from the screen. I'm like, what is happening? Like, the ups and downs of my emotions, especially on the back of everybody giving them so much crap about doing that against the Lions in the fourth quarter uh, to end the game pretty much. Um, I was I like, understood, Come on, I understood the concept of him doing that. I did but too. The execution was very poor. Correct, correct. And I do not. Away. Had he thrown it away, it would have been perfect. Like, just get rid of it before they can sack you. Because when he was <laughs> exactly. the clock, I understood what he was doing when he started doing it. I'm like, oh, he's running down. Me the too. Clock. He put the he tucked the ball away. Even yeah, I don't know if you remember that. He tucked yeah. the ball away, and then just started running around in the backfield. I'm like. Dude, just go down, I guess. Just, just, you know, it's going to hit the two-minute warning. Throw it away. Like, you got it. Like, no time to run off the clock. Get rid of yeah. it. You're good. And I just knew he was going to get rid of it. And then he got sacked. I'm like, oh, crap, Gino. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And not one sack. We allowed one sack that game, and that was not on the O-line. No. So, um, but yeah. But Gino did have some great moves in the pocket that game to get away from sacks, too. Yes, so, I did. can't say it. I can't, you know, that Lions game, that was definitely, that was a top-notch opponent. I know it sounds weird saying the Lions are a top-notch opponent, but that just showed that we can basically play with anybody, and that made me happy to see that. I don't know how to say anybody, but we can play. Okay, we'll <laughs> find out. How about this? We'll find out in November if we can play with Correct. anybody. Correct. That's really when we'll find out if we can find if we, because, if we can play against anybody. And I'm happy it's coming towards the latter 
part of the season too yeah. with those tough opponents, mainly the 49ers and Eagles throwing the Cowboys in there, even though last week I don't, they're still a good team. So um, I'm glad that this is coming during the season. All the injuries cross my fingers, knock on wood. We're getting rid of all the injuries early. Is, right. And then we have an early bye week, which right. I was mad about at first, but now I kind of don't mind it. Right. So, it, it seems to be at a convenient enough time. So if they can just stay healthy after the bye and get some continuity, mm-hmm. um, I'd feel great about this team because they, and that's really a real question, especially from the secondary perspective, they need some continuity. Um, it's just kind of been dudes rotating in and out so far all season and really all off season. Like, there, no, nobody's nobody's really been consistently there um, for one injury or another, like Reek Willen being banged up and then being banged up again. Like, um, and Witherspoon not being there at all. Right, Witherspoon mean, not being there at all. Like, so you really want to see these guys get some momentum, and then you, if they can do that, you feel a lot better about that tough stretch relative to maybe how you felt preseason. Um, and it's still going to be a tough stretch, no question about it, because the game's going to be so physical, but. Honestly, I'll take it. Like, I, I'll take a hopefully healthier team gaining momentum. And besides, you really want to you want to pay your best ball now. Anyway, like you want to play your best ball as, you, as the season wind downs, right? Pretty much. Um, so you got a good question here from Stevo. Rams are cards number two in the. He's just being a smart ass. <laughs> Who's number two? <laughs> Uh, well, for one minute there, it looked like it was going to be the Rams. Um, apparently, the cards don't want Caleb Williams bad enough. So, there's that. I think it's, I think it's the Rams number two, the Cardinals number three, and then the 49ers number four, if that answers your question. <laughs> That's great. That's great. Oh, um, let's see. What else is there to go over? This month looks awesome. Jaron Reed. Yep. Jaron Reed. Has looked great. Now, I didn't expect him to be abysmal. Um, I thought he would hold up in theory, right? Um, I didn't know if he'd be able to be a playmaker or a meaningful contributor, but I did expect him to hold up at the point of attack. And that was all I was pretty much fine with. But he surpassed my expectation. I don't know if he's looked this great since like 2018. I was going to say 17. Yeah, well, yeah. 18 is the year he had 10 and a half sacks. Yeah, that's so the year he had the sacks. But, man, to get some tax, some sacks and some pressure from your nose tackle, I see the vision. Like, I always saw the vision, right? I understand what they were trying to do. Get more mobile, get more agile, get more pressure, even up the middle. And then scheme the run in a way that it's not all on the defensive line. It was smart. Now, they got to see if they can hold up against some of the bigger boys in the NFC in terms of, you know, actual bigger boys, like on the Eagles' defensive uh, offensive line or the, you know, 49ers, which they don't have a strong offensive line. But anyway, especially the Eagles. Um, so, yeah, they hold up, hold up against those boys. I well, expect that as competition gets sticker, stiffer, they'll look more mediocre. But I'll take them looking great against weaker talent all day. Well, yeah, and let's – Let's get them to jail early in the season when we have this easier stretch. Mm-hmm. Every team's an NFL team, right? Right. But um, so I don't know. We'll see. I think we'll. I think we'll be up there in December. I really do. I think this is. 
this is uh this is where we get our learning curves out of the way right now is october and then we got the Bengals in in i guess it'd be three weeks now yeah after the bye right yeah and which is looking better than i expected going to cincinnati it looked like an automatic l but it's not anymore i mean it's possible that it's still an automatic l but it's far more of a game and far more of a discussion and if they don't sit joe burrow then it doesn't matter because like the guy why not sit him at this point like i actually feel like you could probably get better play out of the backup sometimes i don't know jake browning he went to uw i don't know about that i don't know but yeah we got the giants Bengals, cardinals browns before well i guess the browns are the browns have a good d-line that's for sure i don't know i just don't really see anybody that i'm absolutely like think is like a major major test until we play 49ers cowboys 49ers eagles that's going to be our toughest four-week stretch of the season right now on paper anything can change was peace great after week three b plus go ahead i'm incomplete you gotta give a grade just three weeks give him one C. C. All right. C minus. She, she's always a tough critic, though, guys. You have to realize this about I learned this from day one. She is harsh. I'm not. I'm not. I, yeah. I feel like I'm fair because I was much higher on certain things than you. And so I, I think I'm fairly – I'm hard on Pete, though. I am hard on Pete. I'm not big on Pete because I'm very – I can't give him anything above a C right now because I still am frustrated with some of the schematic things, particularly in coverage. Mm-hmm. Um, still seeing more soft zone than I want to see. And it, you know what bugs the daylights out of me? Like, I can't – it frustrates me so much. Huh. <laughs> it really does. Him – so going – having all this 3-4 personnel, getting rid of all of your 4-3 players to re-bring in this new scheme, and then play 4-3 again. Like, taking the 3-4 players and playing 4-3, when last year your issue was having 3-4 three, having three, player, no, four, three four, players, no, 4-3 players that you were asking to play a 3-4. Like, I, why are we always going backwards? I don't, it dri- Tink- drives tinkering. me home. Stop it. Stop it. <laughs> it's been working. No. Yep. We haven't been tested. Let's see. We haven't Let's been see. tested. We'll no. see. I it's think so Pete, Pete's a really smart guy. I really do. I think Pete's a really smart guy, and he wouldn't be the head coach of the Seattle Seahawks for 13 years now if he wasn't. Here's my thing on Pete. I'm almost, I'm almost out on Pete. I'm almost out. He's got uh-huh. this year. This year is make or break for me. He needs to field an average defense, right? Because, like, you can't be a defensive coordinator who's had a bottom five defense for five years in a row and keep your job. Like, you just can't, man. Like, you've, you've had plenty of time over the last five years to turn over personnel. you got to pick your players. you got to pick the draft picks. I mean, this defense is yours, man. And if the defense still sucks, it's literally you. You've changed schemes, ran 3-4, 4-3. And if you can't make that work, it's you. There's nothing else. It's just you, dude. But I do think, I do believe part of the thing with Pete. So, like, I know you've really only watched it, been a fan of the Seahawks since Pete, right? 2011? Yeah, pretty much. That's all I know. So, like, 
seeing him bring in a different culture from what there was Super before. Agree. Seeing him bring in a different culture from what there was before and knowing how it was before. Even when Mike Holmgren was a great head coach, but the culture was not like Pete. Like people didn't leave here, want to come back. And that's definitely something that there's not a there's not a lot of coaches that are like that. I 100 percent agree with it. I understand Pete's value. I just that's a he's an excellent CEO. Right. No question about his ability to run, run an organization keep up morale, keep up culture, but you need to be more than a CEO in football. Yeah. You are literally a defensive head coach whose biggest weakness is defense. That doesn't exist. Tell me another defensive coach with a bad defense. You literally can't. Bill Belichick has a great defense. Mike Tomlin has a great defense. Like, you can't name me one. Brandon Staley is the only other dude, and everybody says he's going to get fired. So Pete gets credit because of the Super Bowl, and he should. And also the, the rebuild, right? I get that too. But this year, for me, make or break. Really, make two, break. really two rebuilds, if you think about it. Because the, we did, yeah. When they disassembled the Legion of Boom, I oh, think okay. I consider that a rebuild. And a, really, th- really three I, I rebuilds, right? Well, I guess. No. That's yes. When he came in. When he came in, they had more roster transactions than any other team in the NFL. Well, no, no, no. I'm, I'm counting. The oh, t- since the he's been with, here? Yeah, well, no, I'm counting since the defense sucked. Like, the oh, defense okay. sucked for the last five years. And <laughs> okay. I'll give you that the rebuild, it started after the Legion of Boom, like, rebuild there. But it's, like, we haven't had a t- decent defense since 2018, dude. Like, yeah. it's facts. It's, yeah, for it's sure. Facts. Yeah, no, it, it has been. But that that's another thing, too, is he, it seems like we're always in games and they find ways to win, which is awesome. Because we're, like, the winningest team in the NFC since 2010. Yeah, for sure. So like that's, I said, that's another thing you can't sell him short on. So it's like, yeah, it, it is really Pete hard. Pete brings value. Pete brings value. There's no question. It's just, I'm not team mediocre. So there are some people who are fine, like, just being good enough, right? And if you're fine, like with ten plus wins, yeah, playoff, playoff, one and done. After that, mm-hmm. that, that type of thing, then like that's cool. But at least for Russell's last year, most of the fan base was sick of the one like round exits, right? Like the exit, we go for one round and then we're out of the playoffs. And I'm still kind of in that boat, even though Russ isn't here. Like I'm still team. I know it's a rebuild, but I'm still like. The long-term goal is Super Bowl, and yeah, for sure. No, and do that, a deep playoff run. I have questions about his ability to make adjustments quick enough in a winner-go-home situation, deep in the playoffs. Yeah, and I mean, honestly, he didn't really have to make that big of adjustments when we did win the Super Bowl. We played. <laughs> the, I mean, let's be honest. We played. We played our base defense, and then when Kaepernick came to town. Right, they go. Oh, okay, we're just gonna play our de- base defense, and then they right. just go. Oh no, nope, we're just gonna spy Bobby with him all game, and that's how they shut him down. Because they go, they go. Oh, we didn't expect him to run like a running back, but he did. So you just put a spy on him, and then that's the adjustment they made. You know, it was simpler times back then, especially. Right. So, and you could get away with it, and now I don't. I don't know that you can get away with it, and I, I love what Pete brings. I'm not. Taking that away, I understand that there would be a huge loss. I'm not, 
I'm not negating that. A huge loss from a player perspective and morale. And whoever would come would have big field, big, big shoes to fill, most certainly. But he, I, my best, my preference is this truly because I like everything else Pete brings. I want him just to fix his defense, right? But yeah. I'm kind of out of patience at the same time. Like, well, it is very, it is very early in the season to be yeah. having this conversation. No, and not based off week one. No, it wouldn't. I was gonna say not based off week one. I was gonna say, especially the second half of week one. The second half was just absolutely terrible. If we can just, uh, if we can just continue playing at a pace we are, um, I'd be happy. Yeah, for sure. So you got a good question, Steve-O. Um, on Russ. I'm neutral on Russ. Um, I appreciate what Russ did. I'm not as hard on Russ personality-wise as other people are. Um, yes, he's robotic, but I think there are worse types of humans out there, to be honest, than like dudes who just are too polished that it's annoying. Um, and he deserved all the crap he got last season. I just got be, I'll be honest about that. All the crap, all that strutting around they did all offseason Broncos fans talking about how much better their wide receiver core is, not looking so great. Um, that part I'm enjoying. Um, but in general, I was rooting for the, for him this year, um, since my fate is not directly tied to his in any real meaningful way. Um, but I kind of feel bad for him now because um that might be the worst defense I've ever seen. Like, and and I've watched some really bad Seahawks defenses. So, like, that says a lot because <laughs> I'm not pleased with the defenses I've watched from Pete Carroll. But, geez, Vance Joseph, I think he's on, like, a sabotage job personally. Like, he is yeah, not having the time of his life. No. <laughs> no. And um, I know he said he wanted to go to a team that wins, the city that wants to win. That's a, see, that's my thing. That That's my biggest thing is he turned his back on the city. And it's not like when A-Rod turned his back in Seattle for money. He didn't do it for money. Russ didn't do it for money. He wanted fame. He wanted notoriety. He wanted to win an MVP. That's that's what he said. He felt like people were holding him back. The organization was holding him back when really the whole time Pete was protecting him. Yeah, and I, I think I find that to be amusing, not in a way that gives me any animosity towards Russ, but that is it's he's really the poster child for don't get so focused on your legacy and your future that you it blinds your present. And I... I literally feel like that's what happened to him. He got so focused on my legacy's got to be this, and I got to be a Hall of Fame this, and I gotta have these stats to do this. And like, I, you, you thought you were somebody you weren't, and it's what it comes down to. And now you're stuck up. The, I still don't understand why he chose the Broncos over the Eagles. Because Hackett would let him do whatever he wanted. Hackett was gonna let Russ run the show. Yeah, maybe Sirianni would have, but I think Hackett was gonna let Russ run the show, right? Yeah, they were gonna run out, run off the red carpet. It's probably that, and he probably felt like he could get money there. Like, whereas Eagles, they may not have been willing to pay him right before he played a snap. I don't see them going for that, and the Broncos were desperate enough to like, I guess, take anybody. So you're probably right. Like, but that might be the biggest. I mean, I understand why he left Seattle. Him and Pete weren't working, ultimately. Mm-hmm. Get that cool. But choosing the Denver Broncos over the Philadelphia Eagles? Well, and I don't know after watching 2021 Russell Wilson 
why the Broncos thought he was going to miraculously turn back into 2018 Russell Wilson. When you saw it from the second half of 2020 into 2021, it wasn't like you see in Denver, but it was a slow, steady decline. He wasn't as mobile. He didn't want to use his legs. Do you remember that playoff game in Dallas? We lost in the wild card game. He had a wide open running lane in front of him and he forced the ball in and threw an interception. It's like, are you talking about the one where they kept running the ball to the point of like, yep, yeah. exactly. But they finally passed it. And uh, you know what? He, he could have literally walked into the end zone, but nope, Russ has got to use his arm. And, uh, you know, you just saw it just over and over and over and over. It was me, 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 me. So I didn't mind the throwing. Cause I think to some extent, let Russ cook had some validity. Um, cause they did run themselves into like a brick wall that game. That was a very frustrating oh, playoff loss. Oh, for um, sure. Yeah. It yeah. sucked. Um, but ultimately <laughs> I think that'll be his biggest regret. It's choosing one team over the, choosing the Denver Broncos over and, and Oh, to answer your question about why people like people thought it was an injury. People thought it was a, the injury or that B he just didn't want to play for the team anymore. So even though he looked really bad in 21, he did like super rush back from that like surgery. And I still wonder his deep ball is looking better. I'd wondered if he was going to permanently, permanently damage that thing. If it was ever going to be the same, because like that was his throwing hand. Um, anyway, but I get why people disregarded it, but it, it was more than just 21. Honestly, I think you could see uh, second half of 2020. Yeah. I think that's really – but people don't pay attention to that part. That's just the – people don't follow the team closely enough. They felt like we were just being bitter. And um, that's why I will say I enjoy some of the Broncos' misery. But it's not even fun anymore. My husband's a Bronco fan, Broncos fan, if you guys don't know. And it's so sad over there that, like, it's not fun for me anymore. Like, it's just – it used to be fun, right? Like, hey, hey, I really oh, thought y'all still, had No, fun. it's still fun for me. It's like kicking a dead dog, It's you know? The and dog that's, is the only, that's the only dead dog I'm going to stay kicking. I will. <laughs> I'm not kidding. It's still fun for me. And I I just, for somebody to turn his back on the whole city like that, I don't like. I don't like that at all. Um, well, I, I, for, somebody really that, for somebody that thinks they're bigger than the team, and I'm sure you read the athletic article where it said he wanted Pete and John fired. Well, yeah. So it's just. I understood that, though, because most people wanted Pete fired that year. So he wasn't alone. Everybody's everybody's saying like, "Oh no, I can't believe he wanted Pete fired." But the reality was, literally everybody was calling for Pete to be fired that same year because everybody felt like Pete was old and the system had ran him down. He just got him rid of Ken Norton Jr. and people didn't feel like that was good enough. And it was Pete's defense. People forget that part because and John had had terrible drafts for years and years and years. I I understood the sentiment. It's good they didn't listen to Russ, but. I don't think it was that far fetched of a request. I'm one of I'm one of those people. I've been with Pete all the way, like a hundred percent. I I just can't turn my back on somebody that's brought me this much joy compared to how much misery we've had before, if that that's makes fair. sense. That's fair. So anyways. All right, let's how, about, how about those giants? Yeah. Let's see. Um let's see. I don't know what's going on in the chat. I don't know if it's anything. I thought I saw a question, but maybe not. 
Oh, that's what I was gonna. That's what I was looking for. Oh. He thought he was more in the O line. Now nah, he wanted more than the O line. His O line, it was actually pretty good the year he complained about it, which I was upset about that. Like the year he the year he chose to complain about his O line was like the O line's best year by far. Well, and, and also, and also, we find out, especially after he left, a lot of the clock management problems that everybody blamed Pete for for a long time you notice that carried over to Denver more than it stayed here. You notice yes. that yep. you notice that the calls were coming in late in Denver more than they were here. Yep. So us bitching about Pete, you know, why can't you get a plan? Why can't the offensive coordinator get a plan? Come to find out it seems it to carry over more in Denver it than it stayed in Seattle. So. Yeah, I agree. Now, now Pete will still do some wild things clock management wise. Oh, for sure. Wise, but there are things that stand out that that's an obvious thing. But I always thought that wherever Russ went, the online would be worse. I always thought that. Like, even people were like, he's getting a better online. I was like, okay, we'll see. Because yeah, we'll I see. knew he sacks himself. Uh, that's what I was going to say. Why does he hold on to the ball so long? Why yeah. does he turn his back to the offensive line? Yeah, you know, like it's... he sacks himself. So he'll run into a sack sometimes trying to spin out of one. So I knew that for sure. Um, what did surprise me though, the play calling, I was surprised that that carried over. I genuinely thought that was a Pete issue. Um, and it was not, which is <laughs> insane. <laughs> That's insane. And so it almost gives me more context, right? Because they are continuing. It's been a different coach. Now Sean Payton saying that it's an issue trying to get the play clock stuff in. Right. And I'm like, okay, is that why the offense was so simple? You know? Like, everybody used to complain about the simple offense, right? But could they afford a complex offense? If Which I would like to get say, the play calls in? I would like to say that I love what I'm seeing with the run game and the motions and the two tight ends in yes. the backfield next to Ken Walker. I didn't touch on that earlier. Great. I, I loved that. The outside, the outside runs where you had, I think, part, or Disley was out this week, but – I know Parkinson was back there, and I'm assuming it was Fant. And they just, you know, had Walker fall right behind his two tight ends. I thought that was sweet. And then they ran a couple pass plays out of it that looked like they were going to be the same run play. Yeah. I really liked that. I thought it was sweet, and that's the stuff that we never saw before. I agree. More intermediate routes. I think Geno was always going to be a better fit just for what Shane Waldron wanted to do. Um, given how much Russ holds the ball, given his trouble reading pre-snap defenses, given his trouble um, seeing over the middle of the field, that system, as much as he said he wanted it, never fit him, which is why it was a disaster with Hackett because it, it, that does not it's not Russ's game. Um, so I am super happy to have Geno, not just because it does allow more options offensively, but also um, – I don't know. He wears it like a coat, man. And his pre-snap, it's not all. It's not perfect. I feel like last season, whenever he audibled out of a play, it was like an immediate hit. Now, sometimes I've seen like him audible out of a play, and then it gets blown up. So I'm like, ah, that kind of went away a little bit. It's not as strong, but um, still, still, um, super happy with his abilities. Um, Sajan brings up a great point about JSN. People have been talking about JSN and how he has not been used. What are your thoughts? 
one catch for 10 yards against the Panthers, right? Is what his stat line was after the game. I don't know. Is he just not getting open? Is that the problem? Um, I think I think he's one of those guys by midseason we'll finally see him break a stride, if that makes sense. Just just gut feeling. This is no, like, I'm not analyzing this or anything. Right. Just gut feeling. He's probably going to hit a stride about midseason. But we really haven't had – we haven't had to be like, where's JSN on the field, right? Because we've had Parkinson step up. We've had uh, Fant, Disley, obviously not last game, but in Detroit. We've had DK play awesome. Uh, Tyler's been Tyler. So it's just, you know, where's he going to fit in there? So I don't know. Yeah, I think it's it's two-part. They have tried to get him the ball some, um, but maybe separation is a little bit of it. I also think the main thing is that, one, people forget – um, he came back super early from yeah. that that fracture. So I think realistically, had he taken the normal amount of time, he would be just actually coming back. Like, had he taken the time he should have taken from a broken wrist, he'd just not be playing. So him getting one or two reps or whatever, I'm fine with. I consider it cherry on top because really he probably shouldn't have played. Like, he still had the cast on in practice. In practice. Like, yeah, I did you know notice what I mean? that. Like, and I was thinking, too, I was like, is he going to play with that in the game? Like, I was, like, really confused when I saw that in practice. Right. Yeah, I was. Um, so he was still protecting that thing, I think, even up to, like, last week. And he might be better now. Um, so that's part of it. Um, two, because the O-line issues have been so, well, we haven't had anybody, um, they've really had to lean more into those tight end sets. And everybody had said – JSN is going to take off because they're going to reduce the tight end usage, right? Mm-hmm. One had to come at the cost of the other because of a lot, excuse me, it's been the opposite um, than everybody, what everybody thought. And um, I liked, especially in Detroit, the first half, how they were using those, those tight ends to Chip Hutchinson, Chip Hutchinson, yep. Chip Hutchinson. It took him out of the game. It was awesome. It was. Loved, it's, and it's smart. And I so, loved how they did that. I agree that I think midseason you'll see JSN hit his stride. But I think people compare him to, you know, his predecessors like Jordan Addison and things like that. He was never going to get those numbers, ever. He's a He was a wide receiver three, whereas these guys are one or two. Um, and he's a slot guy, right? So, like, he can't take you deep on the outside. Like, he doesn't have the speed, right, to get separation um, vertically like that. He's great at getting open and taking advantage of zones and things like that. So also, like, that's another part where, like, how teams play the Seahawks will determine his usage. Because if they're using zones, JSN can eat eat that up. But if they're playing man, maybe that's not – he's got to develop that part. You know what I mean? Like, that's – he tore up, tore up in zones. I don't know how well he really did in college against man coverage. Yeah. We'll see. I think, you know, rookies just have to work on yeah, everything. It's, it's a huge jump. I'm not worried. And then uh, she, he also says, or she, sorry, my fault. They also say, uh, I'm good with Zach. Uh, yeah, that run by Charbonnet was not just that run. That run was just the cherry on top, seeing him throw a guy out of the back of the end zone. But, um, yeah, I thought he looked awesome. 
especially that mix with uh, Walker and Charbonnet. I kind of felt bad that Walker scored the second touchdown because Charbonnet drove him like 20 yards yeah. down the, to the one-yard line and then they give it to Walker. Just And that was a sweet outside run where Walker high-stepped it into the end zone. That was sweet, but I almost felt bad for Charbonnet. I think after that um that run where he just like trucked the dude, they were going to sub in K-9. I heard Pete Carroll say this in um on the Brock and Sox show, and he was saying that, that Ken Walker didn't want to go in, that he wanted like Zach to go in, and they were going to try to get Zach the ball for that, but they ended up going to Bobo. So, oh, that's what was that's that, what was that the one? No, I'm sorry, I'm thinking of the one where he there was on Ken Walker's second drive, I think they handed the ball to Charbonnet twice and he got it down to like the one yard line and then they handed it to Walker. Yeah, I, I know what you're talking about. I don't know about, but yeah, I think they said uh whatever that whatever he whatever play he trucked that dude, Ken Walker refused to sub in so that Zach could be out there. They just they weren't able to get on the ball. They ended up going to Bobo, is what Pete said. So mm-hmm. it it suck, it does suck for Zach, but I love what I see. His style is awesome. fun. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, and and it is good thunder and lightning. They really are good complements of each other. Though it's good to see that Kenneth Walker has been doing better in goal line situations because he's he used to suck mm-hmm. he used to really suck in goal line situations last year he's improved um still doing it his way too like it's not like he just got more powerful but like he's yeah. just found ways to be more more intelligent yeah for, for the sure most part. and for he's the most bouncing part. he's bouncing it outside when he needs to bounce it outside and yeah that's yeah. what's that's what's exciting for and me sometimes is- he doesn't like that was it the Lions game that I was like, or maybe it was a Ravens game or the Rams game? I was like, no, 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 no. You like, he ended up having them lose yards at the five or something because he like bounced out. But then I think like, that was, I think that was the Lions game. Yeah. I was I like, no, I- but I understood what he was doing because it wasn't like the O line had a great hole for him. So he was just kind of make trying to make something out of nothing and he just ended up going backwards. So that's the only really criticism I have though, which is nice. Yeah, for sure. Um, and then they ask, uh, do you think that we'll beat the 49ers on Thanksgiving? Uh, no. Well, first, Steve-O asked if we sweep. Oh, sorry. No, y'all not sweeping. Not again. Sorry. You caught us in a weak moment. We're in a rebuild. Um, if nothing else, Bobby Wagner owns the Niners. <laughs> Bobby Wagner shows out against the Niners. Um, and I hope they blitz him a couple times. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't think they sweep. It's hard to sweep the division. The Seahawks have only yeah. done one, well, there's one clear time that I remember sweeping the division. That was in 2005. Other than that. No, no, no. We swept them again. The year that Bobby cut up against, uh, it was, was it 2020? 19? It was, they had a really injury, injury riddled year, I think. Oh, then and, it would have been 20. Yeah, I think, it, I think it was 20. 19 or 20. Because well, 19, Bobby 19, did no, Jimmy Garoppolo. Like, Rick yeah. him. I know 19 we didn't because that's the year they beat us at the the last yes. game of the season. Yes. Oh, that's painful. Yeah, you're right. That's painful. Um, so yeah, it was 20. It was the year after because people were surprised after they made that you're right. They made that Super Bowl run, but then they sort of were injury riddled and um Seahawks swept. No. No, we didn't. We swept. No. Lost to the 49ers last week of the season. Oh, that was 19. Sorry. Look at the year. I can't remember what year. 
You know what? Yeah, it was 20. No, it wasn't 20 because we lost to the Rams on November 15th. God. Sorry. Yeah. I don't know. There was a a sweep year because that was, um, because everybody was talking about it. I know I'm not crazy. Um, Sorry about that. So what, what year was it? Did you find it? No, I'm looking. Yeah, I need to know. I need to know. Anyway. The only, um, the only I, year I know for sure was 2005 because our only losses came against the Jaguars, Redskins, and the Packers. Yeah, let's see. Um, it would be a nice birthday present that I didn't have to open on prime time. Yeah, I hope we beat the Niners. I think both teams will be a lot more even by Thanksgiving. I agree. Certainly. I definitely agree. Um, well, the 49ers aren't uneven right now, though. It's oh, really you, think, you think we could take them right now? No, because we're not healthy. But, I mean, oh, you were talking about on our side. I thought you were saying on their side, too. Because I was like, 49ers are pretty much healthy like right now. Like, they got no. they got our momentum going. But it's us that need to get our – yeah, we need to get our lives together. Certainly. Yeah, exactly. Um, what do you think about the Giants? Who do you think uh... – who do you think stands out? How do you think they're going to use Jamal? You think he's going to be a hybrid linebacker, safety type, I don't nickel know. type? Or I don't it, know. They've been really they've how they've thrown so many things out there. I know. That, like at first they were going to do the whole three safety look thing. I knew that, and then they but they changed that to this four three. So does that change the way they they went to the three four because they said it was going to complement Jamal. And then they go back to the 4-3. Are they going to do more 3-4 fronts now? Because I, I don't know. Like, I really – Pete said he's not going to be the focal point. I know they're just going to try to get his feet wet. So, anything – they just want to see him play. So, they're not going to change anything schematically. Mm-hmm. He's just going to fit somewhere. Probably take Julian Love's reps. I don't know what that looks like in terms of – I don't know. I don't really know what that looks like. I, and I don't, I'm not sure I care. This is going to be so weird, too, because I think, especially with Woolen coming back and Adams coming back, it's almost going to be like a week one situation to where we don't really know what we're going to see as much going into week four as we usually would know what we're going to see going into week four. Yeah. Oh, it was 21, by the way, the sweep year. 21? Yeah, it looks like we beat, we beat them October the 3rd, 28-21. Uh, but we and lost then, to the Rams that year. Yeah, we did lose to the Rams that year. No, I meant entire NFC West. He means entire NFC West. Sweet. Oh, I thought, okay, gotcha. Never mind. <laughs> Didn't we win the division that year and then get blown out, though, in the playoffs? That was 20. That was 20 that we got blown off in the playoffs? Yeah, so we beat the Rams the week before, and, and then, then the Rams got, came back. Tails whooped in the, in the playoffs when they counted most, which is really unfortunate. Um. Yeah. Okay. I knew we had swept them before, though. That, that was the thing that was in my head. <laughs> yeah, no, we've definitely swept the 49ers. I mean, we pra- practically owned them for a really long time. We're 30 and okay. 20. We're 30 and 20 all time against the 49ers. So they'd have to win every game against us for the next five years in a row to get back. Even. <laughs> That's, nice. That's nice calculations. Oh, I forgot. So I didn't question. Yeah. Uh, do I think we'll win on Thanksgiving? I don't know, but I hope so. I think there'll be a split. I just have to hope that we win on national TV. That's all I want. Uh, national TV or not, I'd rather win at home than on the road. <laughs> I agree. 
that's my thing. So. I agree. That's a good point too. So, yeah. Um, let's see. There was gonna be, there was another question I was gonna ask you about though. It was. Oh, did, I was gonna ask you back. I know you're not a Jamal guy, mm-hmm. and maybe it's not about Jamal in particular. But how do you think the the Giants game will go? Like defensively, or just in general? Defensively, that's really what matters most. We go yeah. to defense those. Yeah, for sure. As long as we don't just sell for field goals all game, that's really what matters most. I I like our offense. I really do. I I love our offense. It's obviously not the second half of the Rams game, but I like our offense. Um, defensively, I just want I want to see them stop the run. That's what I want to see. And Man, then you guys are obsessed with that. Really, I am. Yeah, you're right because they ran down our throats last year. Everybody did it. I know, but I, I gotta be honest. In the modern NFL, it matters so much more that you can stop the pass. You need to be respectable, right? You need you need to be respectable on both ends to the point to where it's not automatically passed because you can't defend the run. I mean, automatically run because you can't defend the run and not automatically pass because you can't defend the pass. That was a 2020 year. The 2020 year was that nobody ran on us because we were so bad at the pass, everybody could just get 500 yards. So, like, you need to be respectable on both ends. But – it matters more to defend the pass, dude. It's like that's where the league's going. I mean, run game. There, people aren't even paying running backs anymore. So, like, what's the point? We won't the even gi- have the, super gi- the Giants, though. The Giants. Are you more worried about the pass than the run? Uh, depends on the coverage. <laughs> even Danny Dimes can. Even Danny Dimes can eat up some easy zone. Yeah, I don't know. I think on the coverage. I think it'll look a, a a lot different next week. I think for one, we're going to be able to blanket the field better if we don't have Jamal in coverage. <laughs> I mean, deep coverage or like one on one with a slot guy, right? If he can, if we can send towards the quarterback a couple times, which I kind of want to see because I haven't seen it in two years, obviously now. So um, let's see it. I don't know what to expect. I really don't. Yeah, I don't have any expectations. I just think it's good that he's playing. Uh, let him get his feet wet. It's hard to come back from that injury. Mm-hmm. So I just kind of hope he can have the same skill set, honestly. Like, I just kind of hope he can still be good. And then we'll see. Um, now, I do think that Julian Love has been so bad that he probably will be better than that. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's that great crazy news for him. Isn't that crazy too? Because I thought he was going to be such a high, like a strong point coming into this year. Like I thought yeah. Julian Love was going to be the guy. Yeah, he's and made a couple. He's made a couple flash plays, but other than that, he's made more terrible play. Like he's given up freaking two hundred yards in like three weeks. I'm not exaggerating. I'm serious. It's one sixty-seven at week two. Yep, <laughs> that's. Terribly, but he gave up 400 all last season with the Giants. Yeah. Yeah, so um, maybe getting I, safeties from New York is not our thing. They say Jamal can't cover. And <laughs> I'll take I'll take Jamal in coverage over that crap. Like, we'll see. Another thing about having Jamal back is I think the attitude's going to matter, especially him with Witherspoon out there. I think there's a couple yeah. of alphas out there at the same time. And Jaren, kind of. Jaren's kind of that dude. He's not as flamboyant like it's like. 
He's like tough dude, like who? Uh, Jaron. He's oh, like Jay tough Reed. dude quietness, but like he's got that same kind of. It's it's a little quieter, it's not as loud, but it's just as intense. That dude is. Yeah, so I'd like to. I want to see how Jamal. We haven't even seen him with Tariq Olin. I mean, we haven't. Yeah. So I'd like to see how they all kind of gel together. I want them to fire up intensity, right? I really want them to fire up intensity because I think that's one thing that our defense lacked for a long time. Is it was like, it was like, oh well, that's ten yards, no big deal. We'll get them next time. I want right? to see pissed. I want to see you know. I want to see that fire. I want, I want the confidence back of, I. I know broken record, bring up the Legion of Boom, but they were awesome at, you know, we're better than you and we know it like that. That brings so much to the table. But they and were when right. You, when you know you're better than the opponent, right? Yeah. And you practice harder, you play harder, or you can be playing just as hard. You practice harder, you know, and you play with that intensity. It, it's hard to beat people. Yeah, but they were better. Like they were Hall of Famers. And, and we had like people that are not in the league anymore. Yeah. So, yeah. There, there was a stark difference, not just in passiveness. Like they had every right to be passive because they sucked. <laughs> yeah, they did. Yeah, like <laughs> Tedrick Thompson, and uh, I can't remember. You know who's the loudest? Like draft bus though. L.J. What? Collier. He talks crap like he's so great. I didn't even realize he did. I remember him talking, uh, talking about the Seahawks after he left. That yeah. Like he talks really awfully loud for a dude who like has three career sacks. Yeah, and that got paid a bunch of money as a first round pick for the yeah. Seahawks. Like, yeah, absolutely not. Yeah, all the other Seahawks busts are just like quietly busting. But like LJ Collier just seems to like have this chip on his shoulder. Like he's really better than what he is. Well, I um, remember he came into the game one time and he switched his number from ninety five to ninety one or vice versa. I can't yeah. remember which way it was. And I was like, shit, he's still on the team, huh? Like that was <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, when you're a first-round pick and you have that, like, oh, he's still on the team. It's not even like with Penny. Penny was just always hurt, but you knew he was there. Right. This guy, it was like, oh, yeah, I totally forgot about him. Uh, Before we get off, what do you think about Derek Hall? I didn't think much of him. I didn't didn't pay too much attention to him. I noticed he played a lot. He's improved a little bit each week. His first week was really rough. Mm-hmm. Um, but in limited snaps, I think he played pretty well against the Giants. I think he got a couple of pressures. Um, and while he did not get any pressures against this past game, um, he did get a bite it down pass. And I just sort of noticed his presence in terms of playmaking and just being around the ball, attempting to bat passes. Um, so his pa- his pass rush game still needs to be developed. But I I think he's playing better than Daryl Taylor. Yeah, how about that? And then he hurt his leg and didn't even come back. So who knows if he'll be back? I liked uh, I liked Boye this week. I really did. Boye been a monster. So Boye looked like he did in the preseason last game. Yeah, yeah, he really he's did. Everywhere, like e- everywhere, <laughs> that guy was. Yeah, that it was an incredible game from him. I don't know um, what I don't know what happened to Daryl Taylor either because it seemed like two seasons ago coming into last season we're like okay, Daryl Taylor's going to be there and he's going to take that next step and it just seems like he hasn't. So I think he's the same player he's always been, which is a guy that could take advantage of weaker offensive lines. And I don't think we thought about that then. Everybody was just happy to see him, but I think they played some weaker opponents when he had those 6.5 sacks at the bottom half of his rookie season. I don't think it was a tough slate of competition. He just sort of spark and got opportunity but 
Yeah, we he's talked about that. Bust for me. Um, yeah. I know you like him, but he's just proving me right. Yeah, way to way to be full of yourself there. <laughs> no, yeah, kidding. I just 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 saying. I I don't like down. him. I don't like. Him. I I just if you're that boomer bust, you can't be that boomer bust in pass rush. You know what I mean? Like you have to be disruptive. <laughs> That's a thing. Yeah, we need to. You must need disrupt to. the play. Well, I think I've talked to you about this too. Is like yes, I don't. You yeah, know I what? Don't. I care about. I want to see pressure. Because yeah. pressure causes incomplete passes, pressure causes interceptions, and then if you get there for a sack, even better, right? Yeah. But I just I want to see pressure, and right. we saw that. What do you think about that roughing the passer call? I think it was on Umwosu in the first quarter. Crap. He was way outside the pocket, right? Because that's what the rule is: the quarterback's protected in the pocket. Yeah. And I was I was saying that to myself. Well, not to myself, the guy who I was with. I was like, I think. And then he goes, yeah, and that rule's made for Brady and Mahomes. It's not made for Andy Dalton. <laughs> yeah. So. Uh, anyway, let's see. Um, oh, wait. That's not the one that we had a question. Seahawks long snapper. It's it's a Chris Stoyle. Yeah, Chris Stoyle. Now, Tyler, Tyler Ott went, uh, I want to say the Ravens. He went somewhere else. Yeah, I don't know what happened to him. I but think it's I, the Ravens the only reason the I, The only reason I know it's Stoyle is because I'm Madden, to be completely honest with you. <laughs> So uh, I remember them switching because I remember them making the last minute substitution because I got injured or something like that, and so that's for whatever reason that's why I remember his yeah, name. Yeah, and how like, do you get hurt being a long snapper, dude? Yes, that's that's my thing. Is like, how? What are you doing? That they're not allowed to touch you until you put your head up. You can just keep your head down the whole time like this. And then guess what? Nobody can lay a finger on you. Don't get hurt. Exactly. Yeah, you, you only have like, one job. Clipped a fingernail wrong or something like James Paxson did for the Mariners a couple of years ago. And then for it to be like a season ending type of injury was insane. Like, how do you hurt yourself long enough to be gone for the season as a long snapper? Yeah. Uh, David McNiner says kickers matter. I would yeah. think that the Niners should feel that way after drafting one in the third round. You you guys need to tell yourselves that just to cope. I, no, I, and I think – I think we should think kickers matter after seeing Jason Myers the first two weeks and then seeing him now. Hey, kickers do matter, but Jason Myers will be gold next year. And then like, seeing, he's gonna be he's gonna be like all pro level kicker next year. And then seeing uh don't jinx us, please. Um or what? do you mean Jake Moody? Jake, no, no, no. I don't mean Jake Moody. I mean um Jason Myers. You know that's how that's how he plays. Even years he's like even years he's all pro, like he Uh-oh. doesn't miss. And then the odd years, he sucks. Like it's like go look at his stats. If you if you don't believe me, it's so consistent. Like every odd year, the guy is trash. <laughs> yeah, he's not trash enough to be fired, but he's trash enough to like for us to complain about. Yeah, um, and then he has this amazing, amazing like he had made all pro last season, right? It was yeah. an even year. Um. Yeah, I just it's definitely a step up from what's his name? Blair Walsh. Anyone? Blair Walsh He's and bad Janikowski. So yeah, Janikowski. That, that wasn't he the guy that in the playoffs injured himself because he was so old? Dude, I think he saw he missed that was that Cowboys game we were talking about. Uh when we just ran the ball, ran the ball, ran the ball. He uh yeah. He like saw that he missed a kick, and then grabbed his hamstring and walked. Yeah, up. he looks like he drank like a six pack before every game. 
it, it was it was upsetting to watch him try it out every week. Honestly, I didn't even know why they kept him because I'm like, dude is so old. Why are we even doing this? Um, so as frustrating as Jason Myers is, I appreciate his upside. Um, we just got to tough out the odd years. That's all. Yeah. All right. I say I don't know if I have anything else. Yeah, me neither. Let's just hope we get a win on Monday night. Yep. Um, yeah. Um, we won't get embarrassed. Um, if nothing else, even if everything goes really wrong, the Bears Please will be don't playing. Jesus. The, the Bears. Don't. I'm just saying, even if it's not one way or the other, I'm just saying that the Bears play the Broncos also at the same time. So like, nothing will look worse than that. <laughs> nothing. Nothing will look worse than the greatest men off of all time. Are you Are you a Bears fan this weekend? Or are you a Broncos fan? I'm neither. I'm it's a like Bears a, fan. Like, no one can root for a mid off. It's like a toilet bowl. A to- mid off? I would not call that a mid off. They're it's not a, mid. It's a bad off. <laughs> yeah, that's a. Oh, never mind. That was going to sound bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's probably going to be some of the worst play football I ever witnessed. So, you know. Watch it just. Watch there. it be a great game. Watch it be like an all-time classic. Just battle because, both of, their, because, everybody because both of their play is so bad that it makes like there's like insane one-handed catches and stuff. <laughs> I mean, yeah. So Yeah, mate. We'll see. All right. Appreciate talking with you, Joe, as always. Uh really, really enjoyed it. It's always fun. Um appreciate everybody coming out. Um appreciate Sai Jam being our strong uh Seahawks representative out there in the chat. <laughs> All the Niner friends appreciate your support. Um uh, Joe, why don't you tell them where they can find you and we'll wrap this up. Uh just Seahawk Talk on YouTube. So how about you? What do you have going on this week other than this? Um, Pretty much just going to do a preview on the Giants game. Uh, we got a new co-host, uh, Sai Jian. Not, not Sai Jian. Sorry, I'm looking at – I'm reading this comment. I've <laughs> got a new host, Tino. Uh, he's been doing great. He's the host of uh, Sports Ethos Mariners. Um, so do support his uh, channel. He's covering covering both the Seattle teams, holding down the fort. Um, and – yeah, you follow at, at Ethos Seahawks. At some point, I'm going to get around to actually doing some film breakdowns, maybe, or at least watching film. We'll see. Work's been keeping me busy, but I hope to be able to get some of that going, at least highlight some of my favorite clips um, from the All-22. So, anyway, be on the lookout for that. That's all the time we have for today. And as always, go Hawks. Go Hawks.